This is K-Pop Sunday brought to you by the K-Pop Sundays before you have to go back to work on Monday. We are your hosts, Old R, Min, and JR. Welcome to episode 6 of season 2, also known as episode 35. Because I like numbers. We're going to get to like 50 this year, maybe? Or next year? I don't know. But 50 will be cool, so we're slowly getting there. Anyway, today's episode, we will be telling you the story of the legendary solo singer... IU. IU, born Lee Ji Eun on May 16, 1993, is a female solo artist currently under Edam Entertainment. Her fandom name is Yuena, meaning You Love Me, and her official color is lime green. So let's talk a little bit about her pre debut. So she grew up in Seoul with her parents and younger brother, where she showed an interest in being part of the entertainment industry from a young age. She has said that she realized she wanted to be a singer in the seventh grade after a school performance, and from then on, she started her journey. Unfortunately, after she graduated from elementary school, her family's financial situation worsened, and she ended up living apart from her parents with her grandmother and brother for a period of time. She has also revealed that during this time, she failed upwards of 20 auditions. And in fact, for those of you who have actually been in the K-pop game for a while, it's common knowledge that JYP is regretful for dropping her at all. And this will become more understandable as we delve into her quite extensive career. I've also linked her JYP audition tape in the script if you do want to watch it. Going to auditions is very difficult because it's also worth noting that she was actually scammed three times by companies who told her to give them a sum of money and in return she would get training and appearances on TV. This is a very common tactic in a lot of entertainment jobs that do scoutings and it's really sad. Anyway, she said that they disappeared with her money and obviously were unable to make good on their promises and this is unfortunately very common and you can find multiple idols who have similar stories to hers as well as also models <laughs> a lot of models get this same scam for a while she trained at a company called good entertainment known for housing shinwa after they left sm entertainment at good entertainment she trained alongside with other well-known k-pop idols including a former after school member yui solo artist Junil, and former AOA member Choa, among others. The company was set to debut a girl group called Five Girls, though the group never actually came to fruition because of financial troubles, because it was 2008. Soon after, IU would sign with Lone Entertainment, which is now called Kakao M, and a few years after her debut, IU actually revealed that Loen Entertainment found her voice to be too unique to be part of a girl group and decided to debut her as a solo artist despite her short training period of only 10 months. At just 15 years of age, IU debuted as a solo artist on M Countdown on September 18th, 2008, with the title song Lost Child or Mia. It was a pop ballad with lyrics of despair at losing a lover and hoping that they would return. If the backing synth was taken out, it totally could be released today. The song is really beautiful and IU's voice really shines with it. At that time, no music video was released with the song. The whole six-song EP entitled Lost and Found was released a few days after her music show debut on September 23rd, 2008. The album's producer stated that you could see IU's colorful charm to the fullest with the songs on this record. 
Reflecting back on her debut in a 2011 episode of Strongheart, she talked about how the female fans of other artists at the recording stages were especially disparaging towards her and hurled nasty comments her way. In fact, in one of the videos that I've linked, you can hear the screaming in the back, and it's obvious that they are not fan chants. This may be surprising, but IU's debut was not a commercial success. As we've mentioned many times at this point, there were no official charts until February 2010, but according to retrospective Gaon charts, the sales of this EP only came out to about 3,000 albums. Of course, she is a female solo artist, so some could argue that it's not surprising, which is sexist. But I think the comparison of then to now is what really is shocking. In an interview a few years later, Ayu stated that she was thankful for the character building that came with her first EP failing and that it allowed her to appreciate those around her. Regardless of the success of her first album, Ayu was slowly gaining interest in the eye of the public and within the music industry. This was evidenced by the fact that she featured as a guest artist on Weezong's 2008 national tour, with the veteran artist stating that she was his favorite female junior artist. She would continue to evolve musically with her next album, Growing Up. To end the year out, Ayu won a couple of rookie awards by the Ministry of Culture, Sports, and Tourism, but more was still to come. Her sophomore release and first ever full album, Growing Up, was released on April 23, 2009 with the title track, Boo. It's an upbeat song about a girl who doesn't care much for the main guy in the lyrics, but unexpectedly falls for him and wants him to be her boo. Obviously, that's much lighter than her debut song. The concept of this album was a complete 180 from her debut concept. The company this time opted to play on her youth through bright colors, a new short hairstyle, and having her dance in her live performances compared to how she was just standing still with violins in Lost Child. This proved smart and ended up being beneficial as it endeared her to the public, though she did feel a bit awkward about the concept change. One of the most incredible transformations to me here is her boost in confidence. In the Lost Child stages, she looks kind of terrified to be on stage, but for Boo, she looks bright and happy and secure in her performance. Incredibly, it was nominated for the number one song of the week on Inky Gaio, though she did not ultimately win. She followed up promotions for Boo with the rock version of another song off the album called You Know. And a music video for that song was released featuring choreography and footage of her performing and fulfilling schedules. Through this album, she again flexed her abilities in morphing to any genre, from a ballad in the song Pitiful, to the acoustic version of her debut song, to a very late 2000s sounding R&B track called Every Sweet Day. It's a really good song. All those are good songs. She has a great discography. Anyway, and so ended her promotions for this specific album. Then came a couple of quiet months, but finally on November 12th, 2009, IU returned with her second EP, IU, I Am, with the title track, Marshmallow. In retrospect, she has said that Marshmallow wasn't really her favorite styling-wise, which is very understandable because there's a lot of, like, baby voice in the song and the styling of the music video and everything related to it is very, very cute, which wasn't really out of place in 2009 because that was extremely common for female acts to put on this extremely cute persona, but this trend would rather quickly go out of fashion. But just 
before we leave Marshmallow completely behind in the past, we do want to mention a Music Bank performance. On one of the stages, she performed alongside a newly debuted Beast, now Highlight member, Yosub, which is very fun, because Yosub was my favorite. <laughs> Same. <laughs> but also, on the song Marshmallow, there isn't a featured male singer, though there is a male voice in the song. So at the performance, Yosub doesn't actually sing anything. He's just a dancer. But he is the male lead that dances with her on this performance, and it's just, it's really good. It's linked in the script, you should watch it. And also in 2020, she performed Marshmallow again, but this time with a lot of people in marshmallow costumes, and it's really cute, and you should go look at it. It's good. Back to the timeline. For the rest of 2009, and broadly into 2010, we would see IU broadening her horizons by singing original soundtracks for 2K dramas, becoming a guest on radio shows, and acting as a host for a music chart show called GOM TV. All of this was working towards her upcoming boom in the industry. When that would come swiftly and with a bit of difficulty. For the majority of the year, IU spent her time quietly releasing the occasional single. Then, in June, she released a duet with then 2AM member Im Sulong called Nagging. It's a cute track about a couple playfully nagging each other. It did really well on the charts, so well that it coined the phrase perfect all kill, meaning the song simultaneously reached number one on the real time, daily, and weekly components of iChart, a music chart ranking aggregator operated by Instas. Overall, IU actually has the most ever perfect all kills. It won a few awards on music shows and even went on to be the main theme song for a variety show that was really popular at the time, We Got Married. This event further cemented her place in the music industry. In order to keep up that momentum, she released her next EP, Real, on December 9th, 2010, with the title track, Good Day. The song is really different than all three of the releases prior to it, though the content is similar in that IU sings about liking a man. The styling features her in a less childish, more mature look, though it is still vibrant and young. The music video also features Jung Jaehyung, a longtime figure in the Korean music scene, as a guitarist. The song blasted her to new heights as the incredible three-note climax wowed the public, bringing new fans in and causing the song to top the music charts and to hit number one on various music shows. This included a triple crown on both Inky Gaio and Music Bank and one win on M Countdown. Like the aforementioned nagging, Good Day was written by songwriter Kim Eun-ha, showcasing that the pairing made for hit tracks. The album itself peaked at number two on the Gaian chart and stayed around there for a good while. For the most part, the rest of the album is pretty chill, and since it was released in December, she also has a Christmas track featuring M. Black's Thunder. Just this year, 2021, IU guest starred on the TV show Famous Singer, where she talked a bit about her mental state during this sudden upturn. She said, I felt more scared than happy. I had no idea that I would become that famous. I had not even wanted that level of fame. It's not a road that I could decide to walk, but it wasn't a road that I could stop once it had started either. However, an upside to this was that people now knew her and her music. At the end of the year, she received accolades at the Golden Disc Awards for Nagging, a Top 10 Artist Award at the Mellon Music Awards, and Variety Awards at the SBS Entertainment Awards. 
Another thing that kept her in the public eye was signing her first ever acting role in the K-drama Dream High, which ran from January to February in 2011. Now, just quickly, I want to say, I've seen almost every single IUK drama, and this role does not do her justice. She is a side character, so that's part of it, but please do not watch this and then write her off, because both seasons of Dream High are not great quality, and I cannot, in good conscience, <laughs> recommend them to people. <laughs> but we actually mentioned Dream High before in episode 18, which is the sister deep dive, because Hyorin is in it as well, and the two of them are friends, and it's really cute. But yeah, I won't go too much into the show itself, because we did discuss it a bit in that episode, but it did bring a lot of exposure to idols as actors, as well as some up-and-coming actors who have gone on to do like really incredible stuff. But Ayu's character specifically just didn't sit well with me in this show, because they make her wear a fat suit, and then she loses a ton of weight for 2PM's Young, his character, and it just made for a really weird dynamic. But, I mean, in the end, she, like, gains it all back and puts the fat suit back on. So I guess they were kind of going for a you-don't-actually-have-to-change-yourself-in-the-end, but I just, I didn't think it did what it was trying to do properly. And that's my two cents on that. Anyway, Min, please continue. <laughs> the rest of 2011 held a lot of promotions and exposure for IU in various forms, including a single album, Real Plus, in March, and a handful of single tracks, including her first ever self-composed OST, entitled Hold My Hand, for the K-drama The Greatest Love. In November, she released a full-length album called Last Fantasy, with a chart-topping title track, You and I. It was everywhere back in 2011. <laughs> she also featured in a K-Will music video and had another K-drama acting stint, opted out of college, and announced her Japanese debut. So a year packed, to say the least. One specific 2011 event we want to mention is that she was a guest artist for British singer Corinne Bailey Ray's first ever Korean concert, where she sang one of her singles, Raindrop. Ayu was especially thrilled to take part in this because she's a big fan of Ray's. And in fact, six years later, in her song Palette, the lyrics talk about how she's changed quite a bit over the years, but one thing that has stayed constant is her love of Corinne's music. Also around this time, Ayu gained the nickname of the nation's sweetheart, or the nation's little sister. Something that I'm not sure is well-known is the fact that this title has actually been passed around for decades. According to Wikipedia, going as far back as the 70s and 80s with actress Im Ye-in, the definition there reads a young female, or male, celebrity in her or his late teens to early 20s, who is cute, bright, and innocent. In regards to when IU started being called this, we found an Oricon News article as early as November 2011 talking about Korea's affection for her and giving her this name. To round out the year, IU received a plethora of awards from multiple different ceremonies, including the Cyril Digital Music Awards, Song of the Year, obviously for Good Day, at the Mellon Music Awards, Best Solo Vocal Performance at MAMA, and a couple of wins at the Seoul Music Awards. 
To start of 2012, on February 10th, she was appointed as a school violence ambassador with the Seoul Police. According to Sumpi, she was chosen because of her positive public image, and giving her this position came with the hopes that it will kick off a nationwide school violence prevention program. Much like the past few years, 2012 was another one that was full of music with two Japanese single albums and a Korean single album released between them. On April 5th, without any prior information from her company, IU announced that she would be having her first ever solo concert, kicking it off with two shows in Seoul and then touring the rest of the country throughout the next few months. When the tickets finally went on sale, they sold out within half an hour. While all this preparation was happening for her concert, she was also gearing up for a Korean single album drop. On May 11th, IU released Spring of the 20-Year-Old with the title track Peach, which received a perfect all-kill. A self-composed track, Peach, is about admiring the one you love. After the song's release, it was revealed that her inspiration for the song was FX's Soli, who was known for being a longtime friend of IU. In 2019, after Soli's unfortunate passing, the song re-entered the charts as fans fondly remembered her. The visual media for the songs on this album were rather different than your usual release. According to her company, rather than just plainly releasing new songs and music videos, we are making a short music movie to portray the full sentiment, emotions, and story of the music that IU is bringing to her fans. A second video for Every End of the Day was released shortly after Peach. Ultimately, due to concert preparation, IU had no promotions for this release. 2012 did not exactly end quietly, and IU ended up not attending any award shows due to a scandal that she got caught in. We will not be going into the details of this scandal because we do not want to contribute to that part of the K-pop fandom. We believe that idols' private lives should stay that way. Private. Even though she did not attend the end-of-year shows, she still won a good amount of awards at the Korean Music Awards, Song of the Year at the Gaian Chart Music Awards, Best Female Artist at MAMA, and Record of the Year at the Seoul Music Awards for her album Last Fantasy. The scandal would soon be forgotten anyway, and she would continue her winning streak into the next year, 2013. To wrap up, overall, IU is an artist that has overcome much adversity and to this day continues to top music charts around the world. So far, we have looked at her from pre-debut to 2012, but with our next episode, we will cover 2013 to 2017. After that, a final part will be released, looking at her career from 2018 to the present. Stay tuned for those follow-up episodes. Min and Oldar, please finish us off. Over to Song of the Day! Today, September 12th, if you're listening upon release, all the way back in 2005, TVXQ released their second album, Rising Sun, with the single Rising Sun. <laughs> uh, I loved things that are named the same as their albums. Anyway, this album was the group's breakthrough album, selling more than double of what their first album sold, coming to about 200,000 units sold, and becoming the fourth best-selling album in South Korea in 2005. And if you're sitting there being like, 200,000 units? That's not a lot. You gotta remember, this was 2005. Records were not kept well. And the number one selling album of 2005 was SG Wannabes, and it sold roughly 400,000 units, so... It was a good album. Yeah. 
it was a big deal back in the day, even though in comparison to numbers now, it's nothing. But that's why we look back to the past and it's amazed. Anyway, <laughs> Rising Sun, good song, cool music video, love the styling, I love everything about it. Still my favorite song, probably one of the first songs I burned onto a CD. As like a K-pop song that I burned into a CD, whatever. Unimportant tidbits, love it, watch it, good luck. <laughs> Trivia time. Well, this also feeds into my trivia. So for those of you who do not know, SG Wannabe was basically vocal powerhouse trio making the most incredible ballads. All of their first four albums were just solid, just um, incredible. And TVXQ and SG Wannabe were basically passing the day song back and forth with each other. <laughs> yeah. Like number one award. They went like a couple years where like it would switch off because they were that incredible so if you've not listened to sg wannabe i highly recommend especially their third album it's called the third masterpiece for a reason like just personally it's like up there but speaking of vocalists who are like top tier incredible it was amazing that iu was invited to be part of Weezong's concert when she was just starting out and so that was a big deal because he's very famous for being an incredible R&B vocalist. But before he was known for being that, do you know what his original debut was? Mm, that's going to be interesting. Yeah. So do you guys know how he originally debuted? Because he was not known what? for being the singer. I have a feeling he was part of a boy group. I feel like I, I came across that somewhere. That's a safe bet. That's a safe bet with a lot of solo vocalists that became big in the early mm -hmm. 2000s and mid 2000s. They were originally part of short-lived yeah. groups, like like short-lived pop groups. Like we've talked about uh, Rain being in fan mm -hmm. club, which I can't believe that that's a forgotten. That. It's still funny <laughs> that just the him and the Chumbawamba connection it. still is bizarre. But how, so you think that he's from a boy group, Min? How did you? Th how do you think that he originally came on the scene? Uh, I d I know so little about Weezong, but the the oldest song I can remember of his is his cover of Insomnia. Oh yeah. So uh, <laughs> yeah, that is a good song. That is it, a good song. It's a great version of Insomnia. So I'm just saying that, <laughs> even though that was not his debut, it's still a great song. <laughs> <No>. <laughs> Yeah, he was also in YG at one point. Oh. Like, because YG was collecting all, like, the good musicians. He did this one collab with Teddy and Seven, and he also worked with Flexi. Mm -mm. That was when, like, the 2003, 2004, that, like, that time period. YG Entertainment was, like, everyone jumping into everyone's music videos, and everyone was just making hit after hit after hit. It was amazing. The good so, yeah, days. if you know the answer to this, no kidding. If you know the answer to this, contact us on Twitter. Instagram. <laughs> and we will give you a shout out in the next episode. That is always our promise because we know that sometimes, well, they're trivia for a reason. It's not like common stuff that you people just know off the top of their heads. But I do know there are some first gen fans who are listening to this now because they've all told me and like talked about it. So if some of y'all, if you are listening and you know it, you can be included in the shout out. It's not like you're, you have like an unfair advantage. It's okay. <laughs> So, with that said, let's wrap this up. Thank you for listening. If you enjoyed the episode, then please make sure to rate, subscribe, follow, and tell your friends about us. If you want to interact with us or just see more of our content, then you can follow us on Twitter at KpopSunbays 
or on our other social media platforms, which will be in the description. Also, just recently, we started up a Facebook page. You can find us under the name The K-Pop Sunbase, so look out for that. Anyway, don't forget that our next episode comes out on September 19th. Thanks, everyone. Bye. Bye. Annyeong.